Take up one idea. Make that one idea your life. Think of it, dream of it and live on that idea. Let the brain, muscles, nerves, every part of your body be full of that idea and just leave every other idea alone. And this is the way to success. A famous quote by Swami Vivekananda. Hello, my name is Malati and this is my show titled The Impressive Empress. Here, I talk to women leaders, women who have had a humble beginning and have forged their way to leadership, a position to which they have been elevated thanks to their selfless efforts at making a positive difference to the world. The work of navigating the human mind and finding solutions for individuals battling mental, social and emotional afflictions is at best challenging and rewarding and at worst daunting. Our today's guest Dr. Neerada Chandramohan, a clinical psychologist with more than 30 years of experience, chose to deal precisely with the rehabilitation of special needs children with multiple disabilities so they can have not only a good life but a self-sustaining life. She's worked with enormous patience, energy and single-mindedness backed by spiritual strength which she believes helped her cross various barriers and reach higher levels professionally. Let's now get to know what makes Neerada the impressive empress. Good afternoon, uh, Neerada ma'am. I'm so happy to have you here on this uh, show titled The Impressive Empress. I look forward to hearing a lot about how you became the director of NIEPD and uh, your journey and all the struggles that you had to go through. How did you face them? What were the challenges? And how are you smiling today? Welcome to the show. It's uh, really fortunate to be on this talk with you. Definitely, I will share my experiences, challenges and successes in my journey from the time I took, the, took up this profession. Okay, I should start from why did I ever choose this profession? We plan a career during a graduation and post-graduation, isn't it? So during uh, graduation, I was my intention was to go in for medicine, do MBBS. But the circumstances at our home was not favorable. So immediately I switched over to Bachelor in Arts with subjects Psychology, English Literature and Philosophy. That's a three-year course and I have completed it and then I had to do my PG in Psychology aiming to do Clinical Psychology. And this clinical psychology was offered only in two institutes at that time, that is in 1980s. That is one as NIMHANS, that is National Institute for of Mental Health. So I aimed for that and took psychology and passed out my post-graduation. But in the meantime, being in India, it is necessary that the parents want their daughters to get married. I got married with the condition that my husband will allow me for higher studies. And after my sons were born and they were a little old to take care of themselves, 
I got the opportunity to do MPhil in clinical psychology at Bangalore. It's a two years residential program. And you know, when I have to go there, all the family members did cooperate, including my children and my husband. And my parents were staying very nearby and they were able to take care of my children and all that. My husband also supported well. By God's grace, I completed this MFL clinical psychology and immediately took up a job as clinical psychologist in an NGO called THPI, Thakur Hariprasad Institute. And there, it is an institute of international repute, which caters to the rehabilitation services of children with intellectual disabilities and associated conditions. And there I worked uh, in different levels, that is starting from lecturer to additional professor in clinical psychology, wherein we conduct a lot of assessments uh, to see the current level of functioning of children with intellectual disabilities and their IQ, intellectual quotient, and to diagnose where exactly they fall. This is not to label them that they are mild intellectual disabilities or moderate or severe and all that. It is only to gauge where we could take these children to which level and to also explain to the parents that your child is capable of doing this, this, this. So it helps us, helps in parental awareness as well as gearing the parents to train the child forward and having an attainable goal. And we, I worked in a school where there were many children and then I've seen children with a lot of challenges, behavior challenges like running about, not able to sit in a place, spitting, tearing, and lots sort of things, and number of behavior problems. And gradually, in collaboration with the parents, in collaboration with the special teachers, we could work, draw our behavioral management program and implement very systematically and bring out positive changes. I did play a lot of pivotal role in that, you know, especially in changing the perspective of parents. Most parents of intellectual disabilities, you know, they come with what you call as, you know, uh, placing their children at a lower pedestal. That is, they're not able to do this. They're not able to even sit. They're not able to take care of themselves. They're not able to speak up and all that. Always don'ts, don'ts, don'ts only come, to the, come from the parents. So we demonstrate to the parents showing that they are capable of so many positive things which the parents fail to notice and appreciate them. So this is an important you know, perspective that we deal with the parents. And at the initial stage, they feel that it is the therapist to have to take care of everything. So we will deal with the child, say, about 45 minutes and then drop goals, achieve goals, then uh, step up the goals, upgrade the skills and all that. So during this process, parents have really uh, changed perspectives that it is not only the therapist, it is parents also should play an enabling or a proactive role in bringing positive changes in them. That is what I was able to uh, bring changes in them. I will never hurt the parents. I will place myself in parents' shoes and then think about them. Then uh, when I started working with the children uh, initially and bring about changes, then the parents gradually come towards me. And we in collaboration 
work towards the child what are the home goals they have to take in and work on it and what are the challenges they face what are the positive changes that they've noticed all have proper documentation this documentation helps us in publishing papers in doing research and all that so this is a one aspect of my work wherein i work towards assessment uh, drawing a behavioral program or called as itp individual training program for all children who our visitors or who are whoever are in the class and all that so we here as a triangulation that is parents teachers and myself we work with the children and bring about changes it is not an overnight work it takes days months and sometimes years also to bring small changes but there is a hope there is always a there will be a change if we work with the children honestly okay that is one aspect of my assessment rehabilitation of persons with intellectual disabilities they may be children with multiple disabilities like intellectual disabilities and autism so we have to keep all this into consideration and draw the educational plan or rehabilitation plan and implement those step by step and the second aspect of my uh, work i can say or my duty is like as a teaching faculty i impart education or impart uh, uh, teaching to those who uh, do diploma in special education or bed in special education med in special education mphil in clinical psychology so depending upon the syllabus that each course have and they do have a subject called psychology and we we teach those lessons so those chapters to them with hands on training or showing practical exposure for example if they have to learn on intellectual assessment so we teach them what are all the tools that are available to assess a particular child and we show the demonstration how do we have to look into the behavioral perspective uh, their um, be, uh, their uh, behaviors their uh, performance and then as a uh, calculate the mental age and from mental age we can calculate the iq by applying the formula mental age divided by chronological age into 100 so we get the intellectual quotient and intellectual quotient is those who are um, uh, uh, below 70 having iq below 70 they are considered as intellectual disabled and there are categories in that depending upon the performance and the iq that is we have mild intellectual disability moderate intellectual disability then severe intellectual disability and the profound intellectual disability so when you label, uh, categorize them those with severe profound they need what is called as high support that is they need support for their day to day activity that is called as activities of daily living whereas children with mild and moderate can do certain uh, reading writing arithmetic they can comprehend speak few words communicate and all that so this is only to know the level of that and further they can be taught various skills for them until they gain some economic independence we have uh, trainees who have been trained in printing who have been trained in horticulture who have been trained in bakery and all that according to the training they have been placed in the community and they start earning also uh, for example like 3000 rupees per month and then uh, some uh, uh, work for 2500 and some who are placed in higher uh, industries like far, far, like pharmaceutical uh, industries and all they are also paid very well 
like rupees three thousand per month and all. So we have what is called as placement officers who would go and see how is the production and then how are they are interacting with their co-employer employees and all that. And we have heard lot of success stories that a person earlier who has been thought as a burden to the society now after so much of training has changed into a contributory person or a helpful person to the society and family. So this is the a change in perspective we brought in through uh, years of training. This is the indeed, and I worked in this NGO and that is non-government organization for sixteen years. Later on, I had gone into the government service as associate assistant professor for um, persons with disabilities, and I had worked for Bhopal for four and a half years. That is a central government organization where they prioritize a HRD program, that is human resource development program, and also services. It is the same type of uh, work over there, also teaching, research, publication, assessment of children with uh, persons with disabilities, and all that. And then they then later on, I had um, uh, opportunity for a higher post at Chennai. Uh, th- uh, that post was. Pardon. That post was associate professor in clinical psychology at uh, in Tamil Nadu. So I got selected there and I came here. Be, uh, by virtue of being senior and uh, um, highly qualified, uh, I was asked to um, apply for the post of director. That was in the year two thousand six. I got selected as a director in two thousand eight, and since then. uh it is a new venture because uh, the the building has not been constructed it is uh, we had lot of recruitments we had lot of clients coming in and all that so later we constructed a building uh on 12000 uh, and odd square meters that is uh, uh, we have provision for assessment of all the disciplines like for physiotherapy occupational therapy medical clinical psychology speech and language special education all the discipline departments have to be established both for services as well as for hrd we constructed a barrier free environment a building costing about say 50 crores project and all that for which we have i have received a national award for creating barrier free environment Okay, that was in the year two thousand twelve. I got this award, and in uh, in two thousand eleven, I have received another award for creating barrier. I mean, accessible website. See, most of the websites are accessible only to the educated, but for persons with uh, intellectual disability or multiple disabilities, okay, cerebral palsy. Or uh, deaf blind, we have all intellectuals in this spectrum also. who would like to know what is available across the world the uh, various courses for themselves or various uh, rehabilitation institutions various uh, institutions which um, manufacture prosthetic and orthotic equipments based upon the needs of the clients and all that so in order to know what is going across the world uh, the only source is the internet so how this internet or um, websites can be accessible for this differently able was being designed by us and for that also i received a national award in 2011 
So then we had, um, as a director, we had a lot of meetings, developments, and then em- women empowerment, uh, creating a lot of projects. And then after uh, doing a lot of, you know, nationwide awareness program, and then ADIP distribution program, that is these persons, uh, differently abled persons, would require what is called as assistive devices or assistive technologies. So this and all awareness is necessary, wherein we create awareness nationwide in different places in collaboration with various NGOs, in various national institutes, various other um, sectors like um, Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, Ministry of Child, Women and Child Development, like that we collaborate with various ministries and launch programs that has been sanctioned by the uh, council. So these are the various activities which we've been doing till date. Till date, you know, even now we do a lot of publications, develop awareness materials in vernacular languages so that it can be distributed to various um, population. And as you know, India is a diverse country and also we, and with a lot of uh, diverse languages and cultures and all. So we have to cater according to those needs and distribute awareness materials in printed form or in lang- or in oral form and uh, create awareness in them. There'll be many people who are hesitant to use certain modern equipments and all. So we teach them, sit with them and teach with them until they are user-friendly to this latest gadgets, technological devices. Wonderful work. I mean, uh, from where you started to where you have reached, it's an amazing story that you have shared. I would like to understand how it all began. What motivated you to to study psychology, to to study clinical psychology, and start working with the disability? Uh, like uh, when I was in my post graduation, that is during my MA. Uh, we were five friends who were dis- just discussing about a future. Where would we branch out like? One of my friends said uh, she would be a trainer for the IAS. We had a particular um, you know, unit in our department to coach um, aspirants of uh, uh, students aiming for IAS, that is Indian Administrative Services. So in that, uh, who have chosen subject as psychology, we can train them, teach them and all them for appearing both preliminary as well as um, main examinations. Okay, she said she would choose that. One said she would go for the banking, she would like to go with it. The other said she would go to the corporate and train the, uh, you know, uh, corporate officials and all that. So I was wondering, like, everybody are choosing the creamy ones. Why shouldn't I t- take the uh, the unfortunate ones, like the, say, for example, who are uh, say orphans or who are um, rackpickers, disability, and all that? Because they are the ones who are not cared at all, who have been not taken, um, I mean, taken care at all, even by the ministry or even by the people or parents. So I chose that I should um, deal with rehabilitate. Uh, children and then I made searches during my um, graduation graduation itself post graduation what would I do then what are the um, aspects I mean prospects for uh, venturing out in a better career 
So at that time, I did come about, uh, come to know about this Nimhans. So I was aiming for that to go into Nimhans. It's a, uh, it's a world reputed organization. Uh, and then I was striving for that. Luckily, I applied for it. Unfortunately, the ma- marriage came, but um, my husband was very supportive when I got the opportunity in 87. I completed in 80 and I got the admission in 87. And I was selected then in 87. In this uh, seven years, uh, I played an important role to my children as mother because I cared them very well. I enjoyed my mothering my motherhood and all that and later on when I got this opportunity I asked my sons should I go they said okay you can go and all that you know so it was very nice that they uh, had such an understanding then itself then uh, of course with a little of guilt I would like to ask you why or why was it important for you to get the support of the family and how important was it See, being a married woman, our role is major to take care of our children and our husband, isn't it? And they were so young. Uh, my eldest son was around, say, four years and the younger one was three years. So at that time, they expect mother to be there to take care of their studies, to take care of them and all that. And then, uh, but luckily, by God's grace, my parents were there. Uh, they supported me very well. They said they would take care of children and all that. And Bangalore is not very far. It's just only, uh, say, an hour's journey by flight and then uh, overnight journey by train. So, and uh, the children also said they uh, they would, uh, they, would they, they, I mean, give me permission, I can say. And then after that, my husband also promised that he would take care of the children and all that. So that was one, uh, it was important, you know, actually as mother uh, taking care of the children and their future was important. But at the same time in my mind, my career also is important or my unfinished, say, um, goal in my life that I have to do clinical psychology was another one that was there. But since they are young, it is a time that I can go, I thought, because children younger uh, during that age, no, it's easy to uh, take care of them by others also. If it's too young or too old, they may be having certain issues. But that age, I thought, was appropriate time for me to go and all that. And clinical psychology, doing clinical psychology is very important. You get a vast experience in demands. You know, you, that that experience, nowhere you can get. So I thought since I got this opportunity, I must go. And then uh, I may not, opportunity don't strike often. So once I get, I have to utilize it. And I could balance it very well between my, um, say, uh, studies as well as home. Uh, every once a month I used to come, that is every second Saturday, Sunday, for our holidays for us. So I used to just fly back or come in train and then um, be at home. And sometimes there was days wherein I straight went from uh, from railway station to uh, the school for parents meet and all that for my children. And my husband used to come then pick me up and then go to the school for parents meet, then discuss about their uh, development, academic um, uh, and all that, how they're doing and all that. Fortunately, they were doing very well. And, uh, and my parents' uh, side, my younger sister, my younger brothers all supported them in academics and all that. So that was very nice, you know. And my husband, as usual, he was very supportive and then gave me all the help 
during these two years. Not only during these two years, throughout my all my, uh, you know, my employment uh, days and all that days, years, months and all that. It was very very cooperative. So that is what I felt. You know, because of them, I was able to do. Outstanding. I mean, extraordinary mm. work. I should say the commitment that you mm. had shown to becoming mm. what you wanted to become. That steadfastness really appreciated, ma'am. Mm. And mm. Uh, but the question of why clinical psychology and why psychology for the disabled? Could you please give me a couple of points on that? Where you uh, were you fascinated by somebody else? Did you have a role model? The um, multi when I was in Emmanuel, a professor was there. His name. Professor G. G. Prabhu. He was my role model. Though he was a very, very tough person, but we have lot of things to learn from him. So he was the one who had written lot of you know articles and research, published research papers for families of the um, intellectual disabilities and all that. Well, now it is called intellectual disability. Earlier it was called as mental retarded and all that. You know. those type of terms you know it's slightly derogatory so now you know because of a lot of technology and a lot of humanism and all that it's now called uh, intellectual disability and the experience that you get in nimhans is fabulous it's just fantastic uh, we i had the stamina to work 18 hours in wards uh, as well in, in assessment clinics and all that you know so much was the stamina i went with the purpose that i have to learn as much grab all the knowledge as much pertaining to the mentally ill as well as to the parents to the intellectual disabilities associated conditions and all that you know i would always keep my uh, mind open to grab as much of knowledge as much of experience and all that. so it is an experience which cannot be told in words especially at nim hands you know we get very good exposure lot of library to read and you know to work with clients with the supervision of our uh, teaching faculty and all that you know, it's just marvelous you know that was the thing that made me stay for two years in spite of you know tough very tough uh, what you could say syllabus syllabus working conditions and all that everything you know that is i mean we had to Uh, go to the wards by eight o'clock and work till eight nine o'clock in their night and all that. That was the working structure. And after that, after a break, then go to the library, do references, submit the assignments, and so much it was writing reports and all that. It, it, it kept you tight, you know. That is what is one day. That is all the um, six days we can say. Uh, we were very very busy from eight to night nine eleven o'clock and all that. Saturday and uh, Sunday was the one day relaxing for us, but uh, it was very well. I enjoyed my two years stay at Nimans. Amazing. Uh, cl- clinical psychology is only subject which teaches you how to analyze the parents' perspective, the dynamics, how they think, and all that, and the therapeutic interventions they have. See, there is a family pathology. Say, the ma- husband wife don't get together. they have marital discord and all that so how we can intervene and give them marital therapy family therapy sibling therapy various types of therapies have been taught according to the conditions and we have live um, cases you know with all these different problems and dealing with them talking to them and then giving them solutions you know 
after reading through literature after our faculty teaching them and all then it gives immense uh, experience you know and then there are different 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 kinds of uh, patients patients with uh, say depression schizophrenia manic depressive psychosis phobia then uh, we have children with autism children with hyperkinesis adhd and all that we have children with you know scholastic backwardness and also so many variety of cases you know and it's only that you you have to grab and then do with them and uh, assess them study them analyze them find the psychopathology what exactly where exactly is the problem and then give intervention so it is not that uh, you can either work only one or two cases and then go no nobody is going to really charge you because it's a uh, it's an mfil program you have to show your own interest and grab as much as possible you know uh, the experience and then the more you see variety of cases the uh, the more experienced you are and after this two years of training giving various teaching learning various therapeutic interventions individual intervention group intervention after this two years any case you can handle you get so much of experience that you can handle any case be it alcoholic or substance abuse disorder or say phobia or children with say aneurysms or feeding disorders any case you can deal it so such is the competence that you come out uh, after doing this mfil program i can feel the passion in your voice even today even though you have mm-hmm. uh, formally retired if i may say that uh, still carry that passion it's it's like as if you've just graduated and you're starting your work so thank thanks you, thank you for being so caring and uh, you have went on to receive uh, the such national awards outstanding mm-hmm. outstanding work ma'am but when you mentioned that you had to work sometimes for 18 hours a day and uh, isn't that a challenge for a woman and how did you manage uh-huh. that that you know it was a student's life almost you are doing research like you know an mfil program and uh, see i went with the purpose that i have to learn and complete it within 2 years not again stay back and read or become a consultant or research consultant and all so my time is limited only 2 years I have to do the my maximum catch the maximum I take as much as possible and and i never felt tired that is a, a god's gift i can think that not one day i would say that i'm tired my legs are paining or, or my hands are paining and all no i that eight, that 18 hours or plus you know i can say afterwards i used to do uh, go to the library and all that no would give me lot of stamina for me to do it and then i have to enjoy that work and then see i always think that whenever you do any work with the joy you know it is um, encouraging and it gives you it gives you a, what you say is a multiple you know uh, multiple ways of uh, or multiple times of energy for you to do further i always felt that you know even i tell my students also don't ever think dealing with any uh, difficult client is is uh, difficult it is a challenge you have to work with it and see the best what you can do and enjoy how you can really 
take out some information from him which are the ways that you can de- um, i mean elicit information from clients and all take it in a positive way even if he is not responding make him some alterations or sing a song for him sometime or uh, uh, try to joke for some time let the humor come in let him have some you know uh, way, different ways of thought you know alternatives and then come back to the work like that and then so this way you know uh, we should have the right attitude you know that is always there and the urge to learn will always facilitate you to give more energy and more work more in multifold manner wonderful wonderful can you please talk about uh, your project the barrier free mobility See, we all know no the flooring is very important isn't it so flooring you know should know should not be very smooth and all that it should have anti skid flooring because when you use a wheelchair or a walking stick and all it should not give away it should really give you a balance a sense of equilibrium and all that. so you should choose that type of tiles the tiles you have to choose and then this is done after a lot of you know experiments trials and all that before placing it permanently when they arrange this particular tiles yeah, we pour water and ask some of our men women to run on it see whether if they slip out or not and then we have a particular uh, tiles you know which is um, uh, having some uh, uh, what say uh, loops on it you know it will tell you the direction whether to go ahead or to take direct left direction or right direction also so in some of the picture i'll just post it sometime you can just see they are called as um, tiles you know glazed tiles uh, which tells you to which gives you direction to move on especially for persons with uh, with blindness or deaf blind and all that you know or partially blind and all that. and similarly you have what is called as um, uh, ramps ramps are very important so that is a, there is a particular gradient in that which angle you have to uh, usually it is 60 uh, uh, 45 to 60 uh, degree level they take it and uh, you have a particular scientific measurement for that for every uh, 11 centimeters or something you have one uh, feet to be raised like that you have some i'll just look on to the scientific uh, calculations and let you know that is very important it is scientifically based the ramps are not too steep or not too low and all that you have a gradually you know increasing the uh, height of the uh, building uh, and then uh, we have what is called as to move through the corridors many people may not know so we have certain icons or uh, say um, uh, uh, which we call you know um, posters like for having to, uh, to go towards the toilet they have a direction and to uh, direction to go both you know uh, verbal as well as tactile uh, tactile is written in braille for them to follow on the railings and then reach to the particular target whether it is toilet or whether to the uh, director's room or to the department of special education and all that you have uh, then afterwards um, you have um, railings railings you know for orthopedic handicapped you know who have uh, hemiplegia or hemiparesis and all that to hold the bars uh, on the sideways to the hip level they can hold and walk um, holding that trailing itself to a bit of a the whole building consists of this um, glazed tiles 
and then it has got um, directional tiles anti skid flooring and then it has got um, uh, lift which is uh, which alignment is okay braille uh, to go whichever flow they want and you have audio messages also which floor you are and which floor you uh, they need to press and all that there also there is a braille and all that and uh, everywhere there are hand railings for them to hold even in inside the lift you have railings to hold because there is slight jerk now whenever it starts or whenever the it comes to that particular flow slight minor jerk even that to take care of them they can hold the railings and there are a lot of icons on the top of the wall for them to read um uh, uh, like whether which department it is, especially the kitchen, speech and, uh, speech and language department, there's a particular sign for that. Clinical psychology, there's a particular sign. So through these signs and all that, they can move around. This is, this is really extra special work that you have done and definitely deserves uh, an award. For normal people, you know, we, we just move around casually and never pay attention to the existence or non-existence of such uh, uh, railings or ramps or unless we reach a situation where such things are required we hardly ever notice them so how did you conceive of this idea how did you get into doing all of these things exactly what went through your mind when you started working on this project yeah about this when this project came in that is construction of the building and all that we have what is called a supervision committee internal committee for construction and all that and in our ministry when we do this this accessibility is very very important feature because we have to consider persons with disability at par with normals so how can they get empowered if they have to reach to library, there should be some accessibility for them to go on their own. So we all thought in this way. And we Googled a lot, you know, regarding this battery uh, features and all that. We got a lot of literature from that. And we got uh, literature from the CPWD people also. And then we had to guide them. Uh, they talk about this um, green building and all that. So how greener can our buildings be we thought in that way and we have a committee for that and we all used to discuss once a week how we can make this uh, you know a unique building which can help all persons with disabilities to have access um, into the building so we it's a it's a, a joint effort and then uh, we always thought that you know when we did accessibility of of uh, website why not for the building so that they can move around we have a lot of you know um, a sensor a sensor a sensory fields and all that for them to feel and then uh, we have i think we cannot tell in words you know we wanted them to be in everything even if they have to go to the playground they have to go on their own and then uh, even in in re uh, interval we have lunch breaks tea uh, breaks and all that even that time it should be a sort of you know uh, educative for them so when they go into the park you now they have different sensory park that is 
some uh, area which is having small pebble some area which has got in you know, a grass some uh, some area it is as smooth as cotton like that you know different uh, areas have been embarked uh, i mean have been marked for this for them to have this tactile uh, uh, sensation in the feet i mean in the sole sole you know is um sole part of the feet you know so that that gives them lot of uh, stimulation towards the brain that that we have what is called as reflexology in the in the paper called reflexology how are pebbles how are uh, you know when we walk on the pebbles or when we walk on the um this thing grass or when we walk on hay and all that how it stimulates and then encourages the various uh, nerves that is leading towards the brain can be more stimulative for them in their motor and language and other all spheres of development we really read through that literature and we thought we have to um, bring it in um, practical way for children to experience those and they be in experience enjoying and all that and all children get the get this um, exposure in their school time you know at one point or the other what was the biggest challenge or was there any setback when you went about this project or in any other project no there there has not been any setbacks as such but when we started the project the ministry was very cooperative we had series of series of meetings the cpw was extra was extremely cooperative team you know they liked the way how we have been dealing and they were very prompt you know and they, and they gave the building as promised and all so only thing of challenges we had is it had to be uh opened the building have to be you know inaugurated so in our uh, system it is like that the ministry ministers have to be there and if the ministers are there then only the secretary joint secretaries all come you know so that in getting the dates for this inauguration was little bit difficult it took about 6 to 8 months for me to get a date from both the ministers that is a uh, your cabinet minister as well as the home minister and all that you no know, to get a date for inauguration that is slightly a bit uh, you know the building was ready and we are not able to enter into it because of uh, not being inaugurated so that was the real struggle we had and ultimately uh, we did open on may 6th uh, in 2012 but in in your career as a psychologist as a teacher as a trainer what is the best thing that you like about it and what is the most difficult thing or what is it that you hate about your uh, job or your career uh, truly speaking i like all this wings of my uh, duty that is as a teacher i love teaching and then uh, we enjoy really teaching i don't really see the distance between my students and uh, uh, myself and then uh, no i try to teach the best and then uh, refer all this and then they are really happy with my teaching and all that and uh, and basically i cannot be strict i am not very strict in this but uh, uh, because i feel that anything you know we should give them the scope of lenience or freedom so that the best comes in it so i enjoyed all my aspects that is as a teacher as a clinician 
as a professional and all. The problem is administration. I did not like administration. Being the head of the organization, there will be a lot of pressures from all sides. We have to deal them amicably. And definitely in an organization, there will be some people, you know, who would like to pull down, like crap culture. They cannot go, come up, so they would like to pull the others down. So those were the difficult times that I had with some some of the officials. Anyway, uh, life is to go on. So we have to do the best and do the things that uh, is more dear to us and we have to be honest in that. So this I thought, you know, I have to proceed like this. And then it was success. I mean, there, there's a lot of happiness. And uh, if you talk about, you know, uh, in the area which I'm not happy is like, about the parents, you know, our parents, Indian parents, expect too much, a little bit. How many times we tell them that they should be a little bit constructive, use their time in a more constructive way, or think about some economic, um, say, development and all that. They have, they have certain set of lethargy in them. They are not too great entrepreneurs. They like to have always a push button, you know, always push them, then only they'll do well. So what I always feel, I hope, I pray is that they should be little more energetic and little more, you know, you know, what is it, having expansive thought and then think big about economic development. If they think of economic development a little higher than what they are now, it will help them, their wants to gear up their mind to that level. That is my only urge and only sincere prayer that my parents should always be more energetic and then take care of children, be constructive, use, read some more information, get some information from the library, from the net and a little bit I want them to be proactive. Then it will be nice, you know. It will be wonderful. Whatever I'm st uh, striving, it will be nice. Because we have developed all the department up till economic development. That is training and that vocational training. Like they uh, do like that um, uh, printing on the mugs, printing on the T-shirts. All they are able to do uh, independently. And they are able to do a lot of, you know, tailoring activities and then printing activities. And then uh, screen printing, then horticulture, and then cup making. All this, you know, what is uh, suitable, economically viable, and then suits to this particular culture, we have give, been giving them the training. And we also given them computer training for the DTP. And also, uh, if they have capacity to learn certain languages, computer languages, and all that, which will be helpful for them, and all that. So this is what I always think that, well, these are the challenges as well as the successes in my life. And then I have also trained many mothers, economically empowered them in tailoring, printing, phenol making, soap making, uh, garment stitching and all this. So, okay, this is what I have achieved in my life. So when you started your career, you had a certain mission. Do you think you have reached there? So I think uh, I have gone ahead of the target which I set initially when I was enter just entering as a clinical psychologist. So to look back, you know, uh, I have really uh, empowered uh, persons with intellectual disabilities 
to the maximum level that they could achieve. Like after getting training in various vocational units, we have placed them in the uh, open employment in bakery, in uh, say pharmaceutical company, in uh, say supermarket and malls, snack uh, snack preparing preparing uh, units and all that. You know we have placed them. So that I'm very comfortable with. I'm very happy about it. And here, with the during my last phase of my career, again we did place persons with multiple disabilities. That is a person with hearing, um, and deaf blind, having problems in vision as well as a hearing. Two vital sense organs who have impairment in these two. We were able to place them as you know assistant teachers and we have uh, placed them in garment industry, and we have trained their parents in economic empowerment, and they are now doing their own, you know, uh, entrepreneur, small-scale industries, like, you know, in their homes, preparing soap, phenol, uh, and uh, say, various other garments and all. And uh, today, they've been doing a lot of, you know, masks during the COVID times and all that. So. To hear about it, it's very, very nice, you know, that they are all doing well. And parents are still in touch with me. And students also, when they, um, uh, some many uh, successful things, they come and uh, share with me and all that. So it's nice uh, to see them back, that they are growing well and then ultimately economically empowered. Wonderful work, wonderful work. So what do you think are the characteristics that has helped you achieve all that you have achieved in your life? One is um, I am stubborn. I'm a, a really, you know, what's the adamant in my career that when I have to do this, I have to do it. And then I'm sincere, honest. And then I think, you know, the best thing is like um, the Lord decides for me how long I should be in a particular place and all that and everywhere I've been doing well so the way you you interact see you should be a down-to-earth person mainly because I'm a down-to-earth person I can uh, even if I'm a director I don't mind uh, putting a chair uh, into the other room and all that if anybody if there is um, some guests and I couldn't find anybody I don't mind going to the next room and pulling a chair for that particular guest so I'm that type you know I can work uh, to that level also, I mean, down to earth, as well as hold the position of a director. Where I have to be very stern, I can be stern. I can really versatile. Uh, I'm a versatile type in this particular um, element. And then I am hardworking. I will see that um, um, do my things very well in time. And then often my colleagues have said that I'm all I'm a go getter. Anything. I will, uh, which is necessary, I will see that it is, it comes to our uh, institution or to the parent or to the client and all. And then I, I, I always want to see a smile on the parents of the disabled as well as children with disability. That was my goal, that I have to bring a smile on their face, you know, be happy. And then, so I plan a lot of activities for them, like outings and then afterwards taking them and then um, having uh, get together for the parents and all that, you know, at least once in three months so that they go take a break, enjoy and come back rejuvenated. Basically, I deal with all of them. I, I'm i approachable person. It's not that I have, a, you know, um, 
head weight. I'm not a headed weight person. I'm just accessible to any person. And even to the security guard, I'll be accessible. They can easily, with, uh, with it, without any fear, they can march in into my room, into my chamber. So that particular facility I have given it. And then uh, I don't like loose talks. I don't like talking beyond uh, something or about a, about something. I'll cut them straight and say, let's change the topic. So that's the way I deal and all that. Because, you know, we should not give room to all these things. What mission we have, we have to attain that. So create a good environment, good ambience in the office and give um, give you know, freedom and then um, cre- uh, to enhance the creativity and innovations and then stick to the rules and regulations and be um, happy with your package. <laughs> Great words, ma'am. Thank you. And uh, any challenge you faced as a woman? Ah, yes. Uh, what happens, you know, being a woman, uh, sometimes in some meetings will be, most of the people on the dais will be men. Um, no, I'll be the only women uh, on the dais. Sometimes I would feel very, so, uh, very, uh, say, uncomfortable that I cannot even uh, discuss anything or uh, uh, crack a joke or uh, talk about anything or uh, on the on the lighter vein, you know. So that I would feel very much. And then sometimes, you know, um, uh, in a crowded place and all, it will be very difficult for us to move around. I know uh, we don't like, you know, to be very, very, the proximity shouldn't be so close and all in crowded places. That is one problem which I always faced. But I, of course, I have to protect myself. And then you understand between the lines. And then, uh, yeah, the, that is the only thing that I had. And uh, other than that, there were no challenges at all. I had unteen um, freedom for my personal um, life as well as for my uh, personal functions and all that. I had a lot of time and all that. So I think I balanced myself, my career and my family life equally well and all that. The reason for this is like, you know, uh, during my initial, stage, initial stages of my work, when I was working in NGO, my children completed their uh, education. When I was in a real um, administrative post or higher post and all that, I was free. I mean, they all got married and uh, they're uh, taking care of their homes and me and my husband only. So there was not much of family commitment. So I could dedicate uh, my time to the uh, to my profession and all that and my family my husband particularly was very supportive even sometimes you know it would be 8 30 9 o'clock in the night by the time i would return home so he would come and pick me up and all that. so such sort of support was always there you know that is why i was able to achieve so much of success you know things went on very well for me malti in all ways god was there in every step of God was there with me. I can always tell, you know, uh, it went on wonderful. Life was real wonderful. I need not think back and say, I did, I mean, I suffered here or I suffered there. And didn't think that it was a suffering. That is what. Amazing, amazing. I mean, um, added to the satisfaction that you derive out of your career when the family is supporting, especially when the husband supports, it's like a it's like an added bonus and uh, you have that bonus with you. How did you perceive 
success. What is your definition of success? Is it achieving your goal? Is it achieving your mission? Is it uh, the authority that came with your position? Is it the package, the money that comes with it? How do you define success? Success is where you feel one is where you feel happiness or enjoyment after doing all these years of work, huh? and you've been appreciated at all levels. And then I, um, this, my work has been an example for so many people. And then it has been told by the higher officials to follow me as an example, and all that. You know, this is gives us you know a honor or say. Um, at no point the children suffer or their uh, um, studies suffer or they were had to stop or something. It was nothing like that. And for them also, the education was continuous and then immediately they got the jobs and they had established their families very well. And uh, everything fell, I can say, at right time everywhere. So that I, I think is also success. Neither career, nor family, nor job was at stake at any time. So that I think is a, one, um, one perspective of success. And the other one is like uh, teaching. We earned as a very good, as a teacher, good teacher, good trainer. And then uh, um, parents were happy with us and all the students were happy with this. The other team members of different departments were happy with this, barring one or two. So so these all adds on to the various aspects of success. So I don't have to sit and think that, uh, okay, here I failed or here I was not successful and all that. So uh, these and all, I don't have anything in my mind now you know now uh, sitting back and uh, retrospectively I felt that everything went off very well they can be a small minor one or two mistakes and all that which is part which is uh, easily rectifiable that's not at all a problem so so this is what I feel success is at the end no we should feel happy yes after marching out of this particular um, uh, tenure of our work, how do we place ourselves? Yes, we have been secure financially, we've been um, happy with our achievements and then um, when persons say that she's been retired from this particular organization, it gives us a honor, uh, honor to me and all that. And even uh, sometimes when they call us for some meeting or some get-togethers and all that, we've been introduced as a former director of this institution, the founding director of this. And, you know, today in the foundation stone, there is my name inscribed on that. Uh, and then uh, for years to come, maybe my grandchildren, their children and all, they can always see their great-great-grandparents' uh, uh, name is always installed here. And they can then think about how much she has developed that building and all that. So it all gives, you know, thinking futuristically as well as retrospectively, it has been very, very good experience. And I think this all is God's design for me. It's a pleasure listening to you and pleasure knowing you. I'm sure your great, great, great grandchildren are going to be really proud of the work that you have done. And 
Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Malati, for giving me this opportunity. It was real nice talking to you and going back through all the years, a uh, journey. Thanks a lot. Thank you, ma'am. Wonderful talking to you. Teaching and research have been my passion, which I enjoy, says Neeradha, who has indeed worked hard to bring an insight, clarity and focus to her field of clinical psychology, especially for the children with multiple disabilities. With scientific reasoning, critical thinking, active listening and communication, her impressive work had gone on to fetch her the President's Award not once but twice in the years 2011 and 2012. Thank you Ms. Neeradha for the excellent contributions to the society. Salutations to such inspirers in our lives. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you liked this conversation and found it inspiring. If you think this could help transform minds, please share this with friends, family, associates, anyone. Do you have a question that you want me to ask our next guest? Do write to me at empress at bhogya.online E-M-P-R-E-S-S at B-H- O-G-Y-A dot online. I look forward to receiving your comments at bhogya dot online slash the impressive empress. While there, you can also get to know about more of such leaders and how you can lead like the impressive empress.